The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Doug Birch and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. I want to encourage you to listen in on a very important conversation. I asked my friend Isaiah Johnson to join me today to talk about race, injustice, and basically for us just to have a conversation. Isaiah pastors Cross Point Community Church. I pastor Evergreen Foursquare Church. We're friends. He's black. I'm white. We wanted to model to you what it's like to have an awkward, honest conversation. These are the kinds of conversations we need to have if we're going to move forward with hope and healing. On today's Fairly Spiritual Show. friend Isaiah Johnson. He's the lead pastor at Cross Point Community Church and director of equity, outreach, and family engagement for the Auburn School District. Isaiah, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here, Doug. Uh, Excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, we were trying to talk about how to even do this. You and I have had conversations. We thought it'd be nice just to have a conversation that other people could look in on. Um, But I guess, you know, pretty much everybody knows about this, but the time we're in right now, I was just thinking, how do we even introduce this? We have George Floyd dying face down under the knee of a Minnesota police officer while pleading that he could not breathe. And a video showing that in great detail, and that being some sort of final straw among many straws. Where, Isaiah, how do we even start with this? Like, what have you been thinking about with this? You know, what should we think about with this? I know these are big topics, but what's been on your heart the most as you've thought about uh, us talking about this on the radio? Well, I can just tell you that those videos are hard to watch. Uh, We've seen many of those videos uh, over the past probably 12 years since, uh, uh, Trayvon Martin and uh, a lot of other uh, incidents very similar um, and I got to tell you it's, 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 it breaks your heart it really breaks your heart to see uh, black males and even some black females um, uh, being what I call murdered by police officers um, it, it's, it's gut-wrenching it's it's uh, it's hard to uh, it's hard to take sometimes. It's really uh, painful, and um, you know, being a being a black male myself and being a, a black father, I have a black son and I have two black daughters, and and uh, I fear for the world that they have to experience um, because of their at ethnicity and their race, um, this could easily happen to them, you know, and we're doing everything we can, and my wife and I, to raise, you know, our kids to be respectful, to be honorable, to uh, do the right thing, to be good citizens and to be kind. Um, but in some of these cases, that doesn't seem to matter. Um, 
your life is still seen as not value valuable uh, to those uh, who are doing these horrific things. And, uh, and I think that's what we're dealing with right now. Honestly, we're dealing with a, an issue where uh, society doesn't value black life. And this is over 400 years of this. I mean, we could go back to slavery times. I mean, we, we, were, all, we were the only race of people that are actually slaves, you know? Um, and so the value of that, you know, we're, we were free labor, uh, you know, for, for this country. And, and a lot of our history, I mean, we built this nation with our hands, you know, our ancestors built this nation with our hands and to, um, see what we're seeing today, um, black life just being taken away um, at the hands of police. Um, I call it, this is kind of the new lynchings, you know, um, it's, it's a different way of doing it, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's a modern day lynching. Um, to see this happening, it just, it breaks, it just breaks my heart and it hurts me to see our society not value um, black life mm. and, and, and black people in general. So uh, I, Isaiah, you, you and I have talked a bit about these things. So I'm not necessarily asking these questions, although I, I want to be informed more, but I, I think some questions we don't even talk about because they're so polarized, but it's important to know the answers and you don't speak on behalf of all black people. I don't speak on behalf of all white people. We're just having a discussion, but, the the hashtag Black Lives Matter, for some people can just be a hashtag. For some people it can be an inflammatory thing. For some an empowering thing. Others are like, well, why use that? Why not do All Lives Matter? Can you talk about a little bit, at least from your perspective, what that means uh, if, if you use that or when you use that? What does it mean when you write the words Black Lives Matter? So for me, it's a cry. It's a cry that we need help. It's a cry that we're not seen as valued. And I'm sorry to repeat that, but I, I think society only values black life only when it's entertaining or only when we have, you know, we're in sports, right? Um, because we're, 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 we're people that are dominant in, the, in those markets. Um, but when outside of that, we're not valued. And, uh, and so I see it as a cry to like, just can you see us for who we are? Will you value us for who you are? You know, and if I could relate it to scripture, I, I relate it to when uh, Jesus used the parable of the lost sheep. And um, he said, leave the 99, right? Uh, uh, so Jesus leaves the 99 to pursue the one. And right now we have a one, the black lives that needs help. And he left the 99, he left the all lives to pursue the one. And I really feel like in this season, um, the, the black lives matter is not anything about bringing division. If anything, it's, it's about bringing us back to the fold so that everyone's valued. Um, and so, uh, you know, when we say black lives matter, we're not saying all lives don't matter. We're, we're actually saying, help us. We can't breathe. This mm -hmm. has 
George Floyd said, just like as Eric Garner said, um, we need some help from our brothers and sisters. We need help from the 99. And um, that's that's what I that's kind of how I equate it to. Yeah. And um, that's just my relationship gospel wise to it also. Uh, I just want people to understand that there, there's a one that's missing right now. Um, there's a one that doesn't feel valued right now. And what did Jesus do? He left that 99 to go to the one. And uh, we're asking people to join us in this movement to, to bring healing and restoration to uh, black life and black lives. Bring God in the midst of this. So um, that's, that's, just, that's my take on it. Um, it's a cry and it's a plea to just help help us in this moment because society doesn't view that black lives matter. Hmm. Yeah. I I think about, we have a culture that is, um, uses such polarizing rhetoric that people who disregard that statement, black lives matter would say, well, you're just a radical extremist. Like even the concept of you and I in relationship, I don't know how much we agree upon in life. Like, 90%. 90%. I don't know what we agree upon. There's so many theologically, the Bible, the word of God, whatever. And even in Christians, yet within white Christians and black Christians, there's this huge divide that we don't want to talk about of this defensiveness that rises up when, uh, it, at least it seems to me, a majority of black pastors, and uh, regardless of whether conservative or progressive, would consider saying something like Black Lives Matter is a legitimate purposeful right statement would agree with that statement. And yet we have, let's say majority of evangelicals who's really struggled with those statements. What, what has happened? Why, what would you say is the reason for that? Is it just flat out racism? Is it the divide that we're just not talking to one another? What has caused it where we can't even say those things without people saying, I know some people listening right now go, Oh, he's just one of those extremists. I mean, literally that's the kind of line that someone would say who doesn't like that language. I know that not to be the case. But what what happened to make that the case in our culture? You know, I I, I think just from my experience, I can just only speak from my experience. Um, I, I believe there's a political divide in the church that has caused that friction. So when you say Black Lives Matter, there's a certain sector of white evangelicals who uh, align with Republican values that feel like that's not biblical. Um, and then you have uh, uh, those that are Democrat who align with the black. <laughs> so there's a pol- kind of yeah. a political divide within um, just saying that. And I think there's a political divide even in the church. And I think we have to be careful uh, for, as a church body that that we don't get all of our identity tied into a political party, if you understand what I'm saying, that we actually get our identity in Christ Mm -hmm. um, and that we align ourselves to what Christ says of us and that we align ourselves to the teachings of Christ and what Christ would do in this moment. And um, it's, it's, it's not really about a political party. It's more about what would, what would Jesus do in this moment? He hears the cries of, of black people. He hears 
you know, the, the voices and the, the anger, right? He, God, God sees this, right? He's not even surprised by this, you know? He, he, he sees this. How would he respond? And, and as a church, what do we need to do? And I think, I think a lot of this is political. Uh, and I'm not saying not to be political. What I'm saying is sometimes we let politics dictate uh, our gospel instead of letting the gospel dictate the gospel, if you understand what I'm saying. And I think we got to get to a place where the gospel, come on, it's the redeeming power of Jesus Christ. It's, 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 it's where all men can come and, 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 and share of the good news and, and break bread of the good news and receive Christ and, and, and have new life. And, and I think uh, sometimes the political mess interferes with that. Hmm. It, interferes, it interferes with that message of hope, that message of redemption. And, uh, and, I, I, and I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Doug, I feel like we're, we're going to get in a day where we're going to separate from that and we're going to truly be gospel and we're going to truly be hope and we're going to truly be the message of redemption and the message of, uh, of reconciliation uh, in this season. I really feel that. I'm talking with Pastor Isaiah Johnson, lead pastor at Cross Point Community Church. Um, and I just uh, want to keep saying that he's my friend because that this conversation doesn't come out of, oh, we, we got to do something because there's racial unrest. But that Isaiah and I have talked about over the last few years, every once in a while when things get in the news, we just talk to each other. And we've talked about this, that that's one thing, if anything, people have to do outside of these general statements and it's good to make statements and good to say things that, you know, hopefully bring healing and or bring recognition to injustices, but we also have to build relationships. And we were thinking, well, at least maybe we can share our relationship so others can see this. But maybe with that, Isaiah, can you give some things that you think, uh, especially for uh, white Christians, white pastors, what, what would you just say, like for people who want to help, who, who want to hope, what do you do in response to this? You know, what, what would be some of the things you've thought about? I know your wife also is a powerful woman of God, and I know you guys have talked about this, but what, what are some of the things you guys have talked about of ways you wish people would come alongside and support? You know, um, yeah, my wife and I have talked about this, and uh, one of the things that we're experiencing right now, um, a lot of us, and even a lot of my white brothers and sisters, uh, there's a lot of discomfort right now, right? How do I have this conversation? Where do I begin? And I think a lot of my uh, white pastors and, and friends, I think they want a perfect script, um, but there's no perfect script, you know? And, and what, I, what I would offer is that you just bring your authentic self into the conversation. Um, and I think that's what we need. We we need to be real. And I think when we're real, like I, you know, you and I, we we're doing this organically. We didn't plan this. This is organic. And I think I think we just need to have organic conversations and let it flow from our authentic self. And and as we flow from our authentic self, we learn each other's experiences. And when we learn each other's experiences, guess what? Then we then we have understanding of where each other is from and the, the background and the history and the journey that people are on. And when we get to that place, guess what? Then 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 everything else 
falls into place. You know, that relationship, that connection stays there. And I think um, right now, a lot, of, a lot of my white pastor friends are like, they're really uncomfortable right now. But I got to tell them, I tell them this, I say, you know, but I've been uncomfortable in my black skin for all the years I've lived. And, 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 I got, and I tell them that it's okay to be uncomfortable because I feel like there's growth when you have discomfort. I think of the story when Jesus asked the disciples to follow him. He said, come and follow me. See, they were fishermen, right? They, they knew how to fish. But then Jesus says, come and follow me. Well, they cast their nets down. And now they're following him to a destiny in a future where they don't even know what it looks like. But they followed him. And I'm, I'm going to ask our brothers and sisters to just follow what God is leading you to in the midst of this. And he, he will help you through this. And if you say the wrong thing, we'll call you out. <laughs> we'll let you know. I'm just kidding. Well, we'll wait. no, I'm not kidding. Well, we will call you out, but we'll call you out in love. We'll call you out in love because that's the thing that's going to help us through this. Well, if you want a if you want a relationship, then I don't know. Even if you called me out in anger, not love and hate, and what that then we're going to work through it because we're going to have to be able to do that, aren't we? We're right. going to have to be able to be authentic, and then go through that awkwardness. And I think there's a part of this where majority groups, let's say like often pastor groups, there's, you know, the majority are white and less minority and whatever uh, ethnicity or race. Um, the minority groups are usually more already kind of having to couch words and maybe not say what they think or figure out the right context or, you know, we're just kind of used to, oh, we'll say whatever. So it's not bad to be in that awkward situation in reverse. Isn't that part of what it means to listen? To just say, listen when you're uncomfortable. Listen when you feel like saying something. Listen when you don't know what to say. It's to, keep, it's to learn to be in that place where you're just not going to control this thing. You're just going to walk through it and get some information out there. Yes, you're walking through it. It's unknown. There's no answers, right? There, and, and the thing about this conversation, there's never closure to it because it happens every day. And I know it's hard for us to, 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 to move forward when there's no closure. And that's, a, that's why this conversation is hard, Doug, because racism has no closure to it because it's work. Mm. We have to demolish systems. We have to change systems. We have to uh, do so much to, to uh, uh, eradicate ra racism that that closure is Im it's impossible and so uh we have to just ac accept that there's not going to be closure to it but we also have to understand that we need to move forward um in the conversation and learn to be anti-racist instead of settling behind i, I just uh, i'm not a racist we have to learn how to be anti-racist and that's the point of the conversation how can i move forward from uh just not saying I'm not racist to being anti-racist. You know, anti that's a, put it into action. That's such a good point. Uh, because one of the things to me is if my goal is to feel good at the end of the conversation and to have things wrapped up, then that tells you my objective. The objective really isn't uh, to deal with racial injustices or the racial divides. It's that I feel good. <laughs> the goals that I feel, whether my conscience feels better or I can move on to something else. 
that so actually the fruit of a good conversation is an unsettledness is a, I got something more to think about. And that might be one way just to look at that. What am I looking for in these interactions? A way to feel better and move on or a way to start moving forward in the work that you're talking about that we need to do. Right. That's a great point, Doug. And I, you know, I, I've been telling pastors to lean in to the discomfort, lean into it. And Gacy, when you lean in, you're putting your whole self into it. And oftentimes when discomfort comes, what do we want to do? We want to back away, right? But when you lean into it, now you're saying, I'm, I'm, I'm here to listen. I'm here to change. Help me to change. Help me to grow. And then the other part of that, too, is just ask the Holy Spirit to help you through this. Ask God to help you through this. Um, because he's the one that, that's going to, he's the one that's going to help us get through this situation. You know, we're not going to be able to get through this situation on our own. We, we need the guidance and the help of the Holy Spirit. Well, and I think we, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit's going to hold us accountable, too, that sometimes when we want other people to do stuff, tell us what to do, that becomes a form of legalism that can just keep, oh, well, I just did what he told me to do or she told me <laughs> to do. But you know, when you pray, the Lord might call you to do something that calls you to a far greater level than you want to do or even what your neighbor's called to do. And that's the other thing of why prayer and of, of, of listening to the Holy Spirit might call it because it's not a comparison issue. It's not, well, my neighbor over there is doing this. It's what God has called us to do. And that's a different story. We have like a couple minutes left here. I want to at least give opportunity. Can you, get, uh, can you pray just for, we, we know there's unrest. There's all kinds of different ways people are expressing their anger. There's all kinds of people posting and tweeting and trying to control things. But um, can you just, pray for uh, people listening who want, they desire for, for a better future where there's not these injustices, where people are not murdered because of the color of their skin. Can you, can you pray for us? Yeah, I will. I will. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. First of all, we thank you that we are in this season, um, not alone. You are with us. And I know, God, there is, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of discomfort right now. But God, we just ask that you would lead us. You would guide us. Um, we thank you that uh, when the disciples were on the boat and the storm came, you were walking on the water. And I just thank you. Uh, let us imagine and have this picture that you are walking on the water towards us in the midst of this. And I pray that you would just comfort everyone, comfort my brothers and sisters that are struggling with this situation, give them, uh, God, the, the hope they need. Give them the encouragement they need. Give them the strength they need. Uh, give them the people around them to help them grow in this, Father God. We just ask this, God, in your precious name, that you would just help us, use us in the midst of this, God, to, to bring your glory. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. And I just want to add a prayer to that. For anyone listening, Lord, who right now is full of anger and rage, I pray that you would lead them to an altar. I'm talking about anger and rage over what's been said right now. And mm -hmm. they're mad and they're justifying and they're not hearing. I pray, Lord, that you would lead them to an altar of repentance, that you would come to them and you would show them there is a better way, a way where they can have these conversations, where they can learn to love their brothers and sisters that they adamantly disagree with 
and that they can find a way to grow in love and to grow in understanding and to grow in the ministry of reconciliation. We pray for that miracle in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, Isaiah, I appreciate talking to you so much. I love you, and I hopefully we'll have some more of these. Um, but thank you for educating me. And uh, also, thank you for letting me call you in. I just want to complain about ministry in general, and you're always someone <laughs> safe to talk with. Anytime, brother. All right. Anytime. Bless you. I'll talk to you later, okay? Thank you, man. Have okay. a good one. God bless. You that was my conversation with Isaiah Johnson, lead pastor of Cross Point Community Church and director of equity outreach and family engagement for the Auburn School District. Sorry about the audio quality there, but it was over a Zoom call, and I just wanted you to hear it. Um, if you want to text me, here's the number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. If you want to contact our show, you can go to fairlyspiritual.org. You can donate to keep us on the air. But what I want to ask you to do is to prayerfully consider next steps for your life. Sometimes we try to justify our lives. We try to defend our lives. I know I do that. But I think what's best is just to prayerfully consider how you exist in this world and ask the Lord to give you next steps, relational steps where you can connect with people in real ways that bring real healing, real understanding, a real voice to people who are oppressed. Uh, at least we can do is find a way to connect with people who disagree with us or who we disagree with. And maybe we can find a way to bring true healing, understanding and reconciliation to our land. Love you guys. Praying blessing upon you in Jesus' name. God is good all the time. Make room for his presence. He is with us. He has next steps for our lives. I will see you next time. The preceding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.